podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by thebatmanuniverse.net. Here, we love talking about everything Batman. Thebatmanuniverse.net has news, original content, and reviews about Batman comics, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. Check out thebatmanuniverse.net and join our Discord server to start chatting with fellow fans. We can't wait to talk to you guys. Also, visit our Patreon page and join our other awesome supporters. But enough of this nonsense. On with the show. And welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, Season 15, Episode 14. This is Ian. And this is Dev. And this is Theo. And we are reviewing Night Terrors, Weeks 3 and 4. Primary episode, of course, is uh, Detective Comics, but we'll also be covering all the books that came out in the last couple of weeks that are part of Night Terrors and the other books that are part of the Batman Universe. But before that... Uh, San Diego Comic-Con was this last weekend, and it had a couple of announcements for the Batman universe, and also solicits came out today. This is Tuesday, releasing on Friday, of course. So in solicits, we had the announcement of a new alternate universe crossover with the Warner Brothers monster movie series, uh, and that's called Justice League vs. Godzilla vs. Kong. <laughs> This is written by Brian Buccalato, and he is a colorist and writer who worked on Detective Comics and Flash with Francis Manipal and the Injustice series when Tom Taylor left that series. What do you guys think about Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong? That sounds fun. That sounds like a rip-roaring fun time. Since I'm not a fan of the current iterations of Kong and Godzilla. I'm not sure how I'll feel about this. Now, if this was 70s Godzilla and 70s, 80s King Kong, then I'll be more interested. I think it's an... I say this as someone who has watched all of the movies in the series. I don't understand why they think this would be helpful to either brand. <laughs> I... It's clear from the information they've released that this is an alternate universe to both universes. So it's not canon to the movies and is not canon to the comics. So it doesn't actually matter. So it's purely going to be selling on the concept and execution. And while I think Brian Buccalato is a, a decent writer, he doesn't really excite me. And who's on art again? Uh, Christian Duce. I actually really like Christian Duce as an artist, but... Like, if they really wanted this to sell a lot, I feel like they should have put, like, a Jim Lee or, I don't know. Who else could sell this? Dan Mora? <sighs> like, they should have put one of their big people on, but they're, the big people are already super busy, so they're not. So I don't, I don't know. This is clearly something that was made as a licensing deal with Warner Brothers, the parent company. So it... It just doesn't quite really excite me. Even the idea of they're basically doing the thing like they have those greeting cards that play music. Well, they're doing that with the Godzilla roar and the Kong roar. So when you <laughs> open the cover, it makes the roar. 
<laughs> That's fun. I think it sounds like a cute, fun idea. Do you think it sounds cuter and funner than Jurassic League or about the same? Hopefully better. Jurassic League was terrible. I thought it was just kind of boring. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. It's a comic. It's supposed to be entertaining. If but it's see, boring, if, if Daniel Warren Johnson had done the drawing, I think it would have been a lot better. I think the problem was that Daniel Warren Johnson's much better when he draws his own stuff. You'll find out. When does it come out? Uh, October. October. Yeah. We also got an odd little announcement of a new black label book called Batman City of Madness, written and illustrated by Christian Ward, who's been doing a bunch of DC projects. He did, I believe, a DC project with Rom V, which was like Aquaman Deep Water or something. I still haven't read that, which I should because I, I enjoy Aquaman and he hasn't had any books recently. What do you think about this three issue prestige? So it's basically like six issues in length miniseries Batman City of Madness. Um, it looks like Gotham City, the upside down. The so. Stranger Gotham things. It's the Stranger Gotham things. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. It's, I think it's cashing in on a thing. I mean, what isn't, but they couldn't do Batman Barbie. So they're doing Batman Stranger Things. Why couldn't they do Batman Barbie? Because they're cowards, Ian. They're cowards. That's why. They could do Wonder Woman Barbie. No, they're cowards. Can they do Mattel? I don't know. I mean, Warner Brothers is the one that's releasing Barbie. Oh, well, then they shouldn't do that. Once they do Barbie, Batman, call me. No, I don't care. So I only saw the tweet, so I didn't look too much into it. Um, I usually will read stuff like that once. Either the DC blog post that they sent out a release. So, I, like I said, I just saw the tweet earlier. And, you know, the cover looks nice. Uh, but, again, it was just a quick glance type of thing. So I will reserve judgment. I kind of, um, I just am tired of them giving primarily artists books without a co-writer. Because I'm just, I still continue to be deeply unimpressed with 90% of those outputs, and they tend to be forgotten in months. If not days. Unless a Batawang shows up. <laughs> but that's only remembered for the Batawang. That's, only, that's true. True fact. I don't think it's even remembered for that, no. I remember it for that. I remember it for that. <laughs> It'll live on in our hearts. Something that's not an announcement, but sort of a question inspired by Solicit says they've announced a um, return of Superman 30th anniversary, sort of as a sequel to the death of Superman 30th anniversary last fall. Do you think they're going to do a Batman Nightfall 30th anniversary next year? What do you think? I don't know. I mean, other than, I mean, I'm a newer Bat fan, so I've only really read and been conscious of this world since 2018 and i mean other than obvious references to the nolan movie um there i mean <laughs> and the tom king wrong there really isn't that much emphasis on it i don't know if it's well something... there's not that much emphasis on death of superman either i suppose 
I mean, Doomsday's kind of a one-off villain, even though they've tried to bring him back. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe. If you're going for nostalgic content, I guess you can do that. Well, it's basically seeming to take the place of those, you know, 75th and 80th anniversary editions they were doing a couple years ago. You know, those 100-page giants. Mm. The ones that took so freaking long to review because they're 100 pages. (laughs) Never put any thought into it, but, I mean, if it's about a dollar, I'm pretty sure they're considering it. That's true. I mean, I think that since they've now done a... Superman, Death of Superman and Superman Returns, it feels like 100% certainty they're going to do it. Uh, we'll see if if they bring back people. They have brought Chuck Dixon back for both the Robin and the Catwoman anniversaries, so I could see them bringing him back. But it's a little different because Dan Jurgens is still actively working at DC pretty much all the time. So this would feel more like... It, it would be different. And I don't even know if Doug Mon- Doug Mensch is still alive. I think he is, but he's not working. And Alan Grant has died, sadly. And Denny O'Neill, of course, has died. Unless he died in the last year or so, I think Doug is still still alive, only because... He's really old. Yeah, only because um, I was looking at someone was doing a signing event with him. Yeah, yeah. So I think I did see something like that, too. But I'm pretty sure he's not really writing that much. Oh no! I mean, the, the guy that does that does this event is the only guy that does it. I mean, I guess they have like a personal relationship, you know, and he puts one on every year. Sure. Now, in terms of artists, they were, they could get Graham Nolan because he's still very much working, and uh, Kelly Jones is still working all the time. Uh, I think a lot of the other artists, I don't really remember who they were, other than Nolan and Jones, who worked on Nightfall. Tom Grummet's still around. He'd be cool. I mean, he's doing the Superman anniversary stuff. I don't know. I think it would be cool. I think it's a good idea, and I would definitely buy it. Although, if they didn't get Dixon back, I would I would be a little suspicious. I'd be like, you're doing Nightfall and no Dixon? What's going on? We also had a bunch of panels at San Diego Comic-Con. One of them announced that we are getting a, an Outsider's 12-issue miniseries, so not an ongoing, but 12 issues, starring Batwoman, Batwing, and a new version of the drummer from the Wildstorm series, Planetary. And this is unfortunately not by Brandon Thomas, but it is by Colin Kelly and Jason Lansing, who did the really good uh, One Bad Day Clayface one-shot recently, and they are also doing the Batman Beyond uh, Neo-Year and Neo-Gothic. So other than the fact that it's not Brandon Thomas, what do you think of this announcement? Because we're all disappointed. Let's just take it as read that we would we are disappointed that it's Wanted not Brandon to be Brandon Thomas. Thomas. Who else is in it? Uh, it was just those three so far. Who's the third one? It's a Wildstorm character, sort of like uh, uh, that. That's all disappointing. Cat. The whole thing is disappointing. It's not Brandon Thomas, it's not Duke Thomas, and it's not... I mean, if it's not Brandon Thomas, I don't want it to be Duke Thomas. That's he's true. the only one who That's can write true. Duke Thomas. That, no, good point, good point. I have zero opinion on it, because what we wanted was that book, and this is not what we got. We're getting something else. I mean, it's it's kind of like, oh, crap, what are we getting? We're getting a Birds of Prey. That's like, what? <laughs> it has one person on Birds of Prey. 
<laughs> so it's like these are teen books that you're just making up teens. You're just making up teens. Whatever. It'll be what it'll be. I don't know what to think. I have zero opinion on it because it's not what I wanted. So I didn't prepare my emotions for this one. So whatever. Yeah. Um, no interest. Again, <laughs> it it wasn't the character. I mean, it wasn't the writer that we all pushed for. So, And it wasn't the team we pushed for. So it's like, what? <laughs> so I feel like you probably would know this, but I... Actually, I'm somewhat excited about this because I do like Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. I I love Batwing and I love Batwoman. And I actually really love Planetary. This is not actually the drummer from Planetary, so I don't really know what they're doing. But I like that character. So I like all of the ingredients. I, I will agree completely with my co-host that this is a, a big disappointment in terms of what they set us up to expect but i am here for it i'm hoping that this will be another like batman inc where it's like could be just something we weren't looking for but it it turns out to be just really well executed i think i like the artist i can't let me take a oh wait um this was in a panel it's actually not coming out till like november so let me see who's writing artist is robert carey who i don't know but looks cool I I am actually excited for this. So I am excited to give this a chance, even though I do agree that it could suck. Um, we found out that uh, the fall, uh, probably going into winter arc of Detective Comics, will be four issues of an intermezzo, keeping with the music theme of Detective Comics, starring cowboys who rescue Batman. Uh <laughs> And this is still Ron V, but it'll be new artists. So what do you... uh, Because Yvonne Ries is doing... Something else. (laughs) Beast War. Beast World. Something about Beast Boy becoming Jaro. It sounds dumb. What was was it called? Beast World. No, no, the one you're talking about. Oh, uh, this is Detective Comics. This is an arc Uh. about... It's called Batman Outlaw. It's going to be an intermezzo, so it's going to still be part of it, but it's going to be like a... Like a flashback or something. And so, cowboys are going to save Batman. Oh, my gosh. Aram V has to earn his bat trust back. He's lost my bat trust. So I am not excited. But I am looking forward to him groveling and earning back his bat trust. I'm kind of over him. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh... I... He still has talent. I mean, I, I still am enjoying reading a lot of Detective Comics, um, but he hasn't persuaded me to read Vigil. And the more he puts them in Detective Comics, the way he's putting in Detective Comics, the less I'm interested in reading them. So, plus, I am... I am... When you say that Batman is going to be saved by cowboys after Batman has spent the last year being helpless and failing... <laughs> I feel like those guys who constantly complained about James Tynan and Tom King's runs of Batman and Detective Comics because they're like, <laughs> why does Batman always fail? Why does his why can't Batman do it by himself? I'm like, I liked those runs, but 
I feel like saying the same thing about what Ron V is doing. Like, why does Batman always fail? Why is Batman such an idiot? Why does he need to be saved by cowboys? Why couldn't Batman be the one saving the cowboys? I feel like there's a difference between Batman struggling and Batman needing to lean on his family and Batman just being... Saved by cowboys? (laughs) The victim of circumstance... And just letting things happen and being an idiot and failing. I don't know. Remember. No, I Remember. agree. I'm I'm frustrated. Like that that is not how you sell me on this. Yeah. Do you think I'm wrong, Theo? Should I be more open? Like I said, I'm I'm kinda over so. Okay. So unfortunately the panel continues to not be super excited about Detective Comics. Ah, wah, wah. I am excited about Mariko Tamaki doing the soup girl. Yes, I just read Being Super like a couple months ago and it was really good. So this could be really good, even though it's obviously a different universe. But good to see her doing stuff at DC again. It's been a while. <laughs> Way too long. I don't know why I didn't immediately put her on something big. Maybe she was working on a book project. I know she's also a, you know, novelist, so... Possible she wasn't available. Last little bit of news. I am really curious what you guys think about this. We got some news about Batman and Robin by Joshua Williamson. Um, we learned that Damien's going to be going to school, although we don't know which one. I'm hoping it's Gotham Academy because, you know, I love maps and Damien and maps is great. Um, White Rabbit is going to be a supporting character, which oh maybe God. means more crazy care, more crazy art term covers for me. Ugh, <laughs> And lastly, there's going to be a new villain called This is Not Made Up. Shush. And it's a female version of Hush. What is it? Shush? Shush. S H U S H. Oh my gosh, it sounds like a bad joke. It was, but they decided to do it. Oh my gosh. Oh lord. What do you think about the Batman and Robin news? Damien is a young man. Having a lady like White Rabbit. <sighs> Whatever. Whatever. Corrupt my young man. It's fine. It's fine. He's 14. He's a baby. 14 year old baby. <laughs> Whatever. It sounds fun. It sounds like it sounds like I'll take whatever Damien I can get so it sounds fantastic. It's my favorite. I love it. Did they reveal the age of this person? They did not. <gasps> what if Shush is Hush's kid? Ah. And, it's, and it's the same. He's she, they, them, it with, with same age as Damien. Kind well, of. Well, Shush is a girl because it's explicitly a female version oh, okay. of Hush. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's going to be kind of in the same ilk, I guess of. Uh, oh, what was what was what was blonde Damien's name? Connor uh, Hawk? No, 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 no. <sighs> Deathstroke's son that he didn't know he had. Oh, geez, did that his guy lab, even have a name? His lab Reese baby. Oh yeah, Respawn. <laughs> it's gonna be like he Reese was Bond. dead after like five issues, so it did not matter. Everyone was sad. Well, Damien was sad, and that's all I care about. <laughs> I was not sad because that was a terrible issue. <laughs> Well, the only thing I would be interested if is Shush brings back either Livewire or 
Maya. Yeah. When we, when we have a love triangle fight. I, I think this all sounds fun. I've given my hopes, but I would say this sounds like it's still along the lines of Will, what Williamson did in Robin. So I'm here for it until I'm not. I guess that's everything, but like I'm I'm excited about it. Take that as you will, since I'm also excited about Outsiders. All right. Okay, so Night Terrors number two, written by Joshua Williamson. Art by Giuseppe Camoncoli, Stefano Nessi, and Casper Wingard, which is the guy who did that uh, frozen lady therapist story that I hated with my whole heart on Detective Comics. But I did like the art, so... I like the art on that one. Yeah, the art wasn't the problem. It was uh, Cy Spurrier writing jackasses. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel. Anyway, so Batman... So... (laughs) Batman's still being possessed by Boston Brand, so it's not really a strongly connected to Batman. It's it's very much a DC Universe slash Justice League type story. Uh, we found out more about Insomnia, how he was being held in Arkham Tower, and then Lazarus, the Lazarus Planet event had the Lazarus Rain hit him, and also uh, Wesley Dodds talks about this great evil that he discovered when he was finding the Nightmare Stone, like, in World War II times. It was like a very Cthulhu-type cult. Um, and it ends up with all of the robots being sort of possessed by insomnia and becoming the Sleepless Knights. And that's kind of cool. Uh, very scary, but cool. Not super Batman-related, um, but since we are uh, trying to keep up with the events, since this is this entire two months are about Night Terrors, what do you think of Night Terrors number two? I think of this batch of reading. I think this was probably one of my favorite. It was very interesting. It was about the actual story. <laughs> yeah, I would feel say it moved the story forward. We got yeah. lots of information. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I would. Yeah, definitely probably one of my favorites of the week for sure. I think it went exactly how it should have. Uh, only considering in the next month now, we you know we we are getting the second part of the individual titles, which I would assume folks are going to start waking up or something. And so they had to get more of the story out here in order to align uh, what is likely to come beginning just a I think the second issue start next week. Uh, they start the first days. week of August, so I yeah. think so. Yeah, I think Tuesday week. is the first. So um, I think it moved it pretty well. It's going to be interesting to see what Night Terrors look like because, again, Batman is typically in the first week of August. And, again, if this is the second issue, I would assume, again, like folks are going to start waking up or something that would lead one to believe that the story is really moved forward. Right, so they can participate in the finale. Unless it's just going to be like three dudes versus, yeah, that wouldn't feel like a big event. 
Yeah, I'd say it was fun. I liked all the art. I didn't think it meshed super well, but it also wasn't like Poison Ivy, where everyone felt like they were in a completely different book. And I kind of like the the scary thing at the end, where all the robots are either captured or possessed by these sleepless nights. That was kind of a cool, scary thing. It um, was because you kind of kept your hope up that, oh, okay, well at least the robot heroes can do something. And I was like, oh no. Nope. That would make it a little too easy. We still have two issues plus a finale to go. Since this really didn't have much to do with uh, the Batman universe, I think we're just going to move on to our Detective Comics review. Um, So we will start with Detective Comics, Night Terrors Detective Comics, written by Dan Waters and illustrated by Ricardo Federici. Uh, The Good People of Gotham, Part 1. At the grave of his son, Jim Gordon feels snow in July. After getting a text from Babs, he goes home to the boy Sorrow with pizza. Sorrow senses powerful entities being summoned to Gotham. These three beings see that they are being summoned to Insomnia's dream world. Sorrow jumps out the window to stop the beings and Jim follows. They find three masked Gothamites who summoned the beings, asking for gifts to save Gotham. Might, wealth, and knowledge. The beings grant them gifts, leading to one of the summoners obliterating Sorrow when he attacks. Jim, distraught, is knocked out, but not killed. When he wakes, he calls Harvey about the good people of Gotham, the summoners. Harvey says that Rookie, the Batman armor-slash-robot Jim wore and worked with in the Super Heavy storyline, is active in Gotham again. Punching a wall, Jim discovers his body is brittle, like glass. Following the trail of seven bodies, he finds the Night Terror rookie, but trying to shoot his gun breaks his fragile wrist. Night Terror rookie says Jim should help him save Gotham, then leaves for a more quote-unquote justice. Jim tries to follow, but his foot snaps. He sees the beings and rages that he didn't want a gift. They are confused. Following the name Night Terror's rookie gave him, Jim confronts Angelica Vanderbar, wealthy tax evader, but finds that she asked for wealth and now vomits diamonds, cutting her from the inside out. When Jim tries to clear her airway, his fingers break off. The beings watch, amused. So this issue goes deep into multiple types of body horror. How do you feel about that? Uncomfortable, Ian. Uncomfortable. I feel like there were a couple of issues this week, maybe three, that really embodied what I think like of as a dream and like the, the dreamy type imagery and the things that happen to you and you don't even kind of blink an eye and and Jim's body falling apart and becoming glass like was definitely one of those things where it was just like, oh, crap, I don't have an arm anymore. And you don't even really think about it too much in your dream. Um so I thought that was interesting. This was probably the the most nightmare of stories from the standpoint of what one would think of when thinking of a night with an M. I mean, with an N mare. Um, and as a person who isn't a horror fan, you know, it. it wasn't great for me just because of how 
close it embodied what a nightmare would look like to me. So did you you would say it was effective, but it you, maybe too effective? I think it was a little bit too effective. Okay, okay. Like, um, I wouldn't read this during the evening. <laughs> <laughs> Seems fair. Do the connections to the you super... You answer your, you answer your question. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. It was... I Just imagining myself, like, breaking apart like Jim does is terrifying. Like, it's just really scary. So, I, I tend to agree. It was, it was a lot. Do the connections to the superheroes, a super heavy storyline by Scott Snyder seem interesting or well done to you? Um... So full disclosure, this was the last book I read and I totally forgot and I hurry up and finished it before we got on together. <laughs> so I haven't had time to like sit down and chew this over. But obviously this is a Gordon book and this is a Gordon fear book. He's 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 he finds himself at Jim Gordon, James Gordon Jr.'s grave thinking about both his children. He's he's retired now and now his body is falling apart he's he's dealing with fragility and now he's coming face to face with almost a nightmare version of what arguably was his best version of himself crime fighting wise like when he was Jim Bats and so there's a lot in here about Gordon this is a Gordon book so whether or not I think it was well done whether or not I liked it it was very interesting seeing that this is this is this is about Gordon facing himself, facing his fears for himself. So like his job, his one and only job right now in Gotham is to take care of sorrow. And that's he's he fails at that within the first few pages of the book. So obviously this is just all of Jim's insecurities and whatever's bubbling and and being his his nightmare it almost doesn't seem like like what's his butt um the guy looking for the rock doesn't even show up in this one this is just jim having a nightmare (laughs) insomnia insomnia doesn't even show up in this book this is just jim i mean they mention him they do mention him a few of those characters looked like him but i think it was him either but what was the question again ian i missed it do you like the connections to Super Heavy in this book? I enjoyed seeing um, Rookie again. You can never get too much. I thought it was a really interesting exploration because the whole idea of Jim Gordon, the commissioner of police, becoming Batman, like a public Batman who was funded by the city and had a city mandate. It wasn't actually that controversial back in 2015 when it started. Uh, it would definitely a lot more controversial now. And I think that's sort of what Dan Waters is playing with, but not too blatantly. Uh, there were definitely some writers who pushed harder at it than others. Uh, it's tricky because I don't know if this is all in Jim's dream or if like the good people of Gotham... And Sorrow and Jim are all in the same dream together. It would make some sense if it were all in Jim's dream because so much of what happens is linked to his own experience. You know, obviously Rookie is a big part of his experience. And also he has this history with this uh, 
uh, Angelica character. So um, my personal leaning right now is that it's that all the super heavy stuff is because it's from uh, Jim's dream, but I could be wrong. Uh, would you prefer it to be all Jim's dream, or would you prefer them to be trapped in a dream together like uh, Tim and Jason are? I don't know. I don't think I have much in the way of expectations or preferences for a lot of these stories, because so many of them have nothing to do with moving the story forward. They're just fallout from the world being what it is. So I'm just here for interesting stories. So whatever makes this the most interesting, that is what I want. Or this, I don't care, simply because they had to do, I figured they had to do something in the world of Detective Comics for Night Terrors. And, you know, since Batman's Nightmare is already going on in the pages of Batman. And so this is what they came up with. Yeah. And the the weird... And frustrating thing for me about that is that they don't have a Batgirl or Batgirls Night Terrors miniseries. So Babs is showing up in a ton of these. So she's showing up in Nightwing and Punchline and Detective Comics. But I'm pretty sure she's not. I think that's all dream Babs. I don't think it's actually Babs in any of those. So it feels really frustrating. And the same thing, of course, goes for Stephanie and Cassandra, who... I am more concerned with, but it makes sense for Babs to be referenced here, but I think it's a dream Babs. I don't think it's real Babs. So that's that's kind of a bummer. What if Punchline is the one with real Babs? Is the real Babs? That would be so (laughs) random. Also very stupid, but I would kind of respect their balls. (laughs) I don't think that's actually the case, but it would be it would be ballsy. How do you like the the very realistic sort of uh, hyper rendered artistic style? Oh, it definitely adds to the nightmare ickiness of it. Um, this definitely would not have the same effect if it was a more cartoony art style. Um, which does work for some of the nightmares, like the Harley Quinn one was a little more cartoony and a little bit more completely random in fact it feels like uh, i didn't pay attention if it was it feels like different artists in that book but because of the nature of that nightmare it makes sense um whereas this definitely it is the realism of of a, a cartoon crack in your hand and like the fleshy bits coming out <laughs> wouldn't have the same effect if it wasn't realistic looking so definitely for this nightmare it takes sense and it's definitely more effective to be more realistic right yeah, I like Federici. Um, I think this is a, a, a well-chosen story for his work. Last question. Do you think that the entities slash pentapriests are real or part of Insomnia's creation? They could also just be part of his nightmare. Right. What do you mean, real? Well, do you think that they're like hyperdimensional beings or do you think that they're just part of Jim's fears? I think they're just part of Jim's fears. Okay. I mean, that would make sense. I'm just curious what your read was, you know? I mean, it could be that all of these are kind of nudged by insomnia for sure. Um, I'm not seeing a connective thread between what insomnia is doing and how he's looking for the rock and, or the stone. And what people are seeing. I don't know. 
I think that there is a chance it could be real, as real as the figures that showed up in Zatanna's story, who are most definitely real because they too mention, you know, working for insomnia in some instance. So I think that there are some instances where some of these beings are actually true. I kind of hope they're real because I am not a huge fan of just one dream. Um, just because that, that kind of thing just is so easily ignored. But if there's, especially since this is already less like spiritual, like supernatural, semi-demonic threat from insomnia, I think it would be cooler if it actually had connection to real semi-demonic forces. Um, and also I like when the characters are in dreams together because it means it matters more because two people are experiencing it. So I hope they're real. I just don't know. I could see it there, not being real. There are two narrations, though. That's true. There are two t- distinctly different voices, and 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 so who knows? This is a long story, no backup, but it's a full twenty-eight pages of story. So let us give this a rating out of five stomach diamonds. Anything, um, was... anything picked from this as a rating is going to be gross. <laughs> they could just be shiny diamonds. Mm, um, okay. Pizzas. Pizzas. Uh, sure. Uh, um, I didn't. Okay. I don't know. This wasn't one of my favorites. But as far as like a nightmare goes, this was an interesting exploration of. Jim Gordon, the art, again, absolutely awesome if you like it. (laughs) If you like what he's drawing awesomely. Uh, So I really struggled with this one. I'll I'll, I'll say three, but just because Nightmare Gore isn't my chosen entertainment. Um, But it's very well done for something that I wouldn't choose to read. So, three. I will say two and a half only because it was the most realist of the issues this time around and again I am not a big horror fan so it scared the hell out of me and I deduct on that but if not it would probably have been a three also so this was a three two five for me I like the art I like the writing it was extremely disturbing, um, but I don't know. It, it was doing a lot of stuff, so it was definitely above average for me. Uh, that gives us a an average of three point nine two. No mode, but there is apparently a medium, a median of three. <laughs> so that's exciting. And on to Greater Gotham. First, we'll deal with our Night Terrace book, starting with Nightwing. <sighs> said neutral I don't remember why I think just because I think I'm getting a little night terrored out (laughs) and it seemed very disconnected from a lot of what's going on it was fine there was nothing like it was fine but there was nothing special about it 
There was nothing that made me feel like, oh, poor Dickie. <laughs> it was just, it was just a nightmare. Nightwings in Gotham or in Arkham, and stuff is crazy. It was very nightmarey. It was that was one of the other ones that definitely felt like a real nightmare, but I just felt no significance to it. So neutral. I will say neutral also, but for different reasons. I don't I don't think we needed another Batman's dead story. We already got that in the Joker issue. They've they could have come up with something else. So it, the story was good, but I just don't don't think we needed a second old Batman is dead story. So I tend to agree. Um, I'm actually going to say thumbs down because for two reasons. One is I don't think that the story really offered a whole lot. Um, yeah. But worse. The solicitations promised that the Batgirls would show up, and instead we got Robo Babs, and that was a huge letdown. So, no. <laughs> Moving on to Night Terror's Catwoman number one. Oh, gosh, thumbs down. Thumbs down. Oh, my gosh, what was this? First of all, I don't know what she's dreaming. Somehow this is supposed to be the past. And... No, it's supposed to be a combination of the past and the future. I know, but still, it was... Super dumb. I've never read... A Bat-Cat hookup that pissed me off as much as this one. Oh, tell me more. Why did it make you so mad? It was sleazy and... It was kind of sleazy. Uh, and I just... I don't... Uh, I don't know. This was one of those frustrating dreams. Like when nothing makes sense. And so just real question. Is Maggie actually a non-vigilante or is that... No. Okay. I thought I maybe had missed something. Okay. Unless again, I also missed something, I'm pretty sure is, that's just no, the dream. Well, no, Sister Zero, Sister Zero is a true character. Oh, really? In DC continuity, yes. But like from the past? Yes. Yeah, because the last time we saw Maggie, they were on this like sister road trip, and Maggie's still a, mostly yeah, catatonic. Sister Sister Zero is an actual character. Okay. That that Maggie portrayed. Okay. Well, in the eighties, though, and but it's still it's still a nightmare. It's still a nightmare. So you, I mean, I can't fault it for any anything in the story that doesn't that I don't like because it's a nightmare and and it's a dream and so whatever. But I didn't, I did not enjoy any part of this at all. And the cover art made me so uncomfortable. I can't even tell you. I can't. Oh, blah. The main cover. At the least. main cover was so. Nasty. Like, blah. You know, we talk about Greg Land tracing from pornography. This cover seemed very much like it was traced from the same source, and I did not like it. I did it not think it was appropriate me. or appealing. It was gross. It was gross. So thumbs down, 100%. All my thumbs. All my thumbs down. Definitely thumbs down, and it's a double thumbs down to... Ian Miller because he was supposed to I didn't read it fast enough to tell him not to read it and just for the sake since I was enjoying most of Night Terrors already he didn't say anything so I lost 10 minutes of my life 
reading that crap, and I I don't know who or what Teeny Howard does to keep writing, but This is, yes, a huge thumbs down, although I will say <laughs> it's less of a thumbs down than the actual Catwoman title, which gives you a sort of a hint of how bad the actual Catwoman title is. This is stupid as heck. It is a blending of future uh, Catwoman who's lost an eye, because you always got to show someone losing an eye to show that it got dark and serious. <laughs> Um, but also, it's got Batman Year One Batman hanging around, which is beyond bizarre because um, Tom King already did this story multiple times, many, many times better than Teeny Howard could ever get close to. And there is just nothing redeeming about this story. And the art is extremely chaotic and not particularly, it, it does not make sense. This is not a good story. And I will freely admit I was not expecting it to be a good story, but I was disappointed that I was right. Like, there were elements in here that I normally would totally be on board for. And again, this is the nightmare arc. Everyone's book is weird. Nothing in anyone's books makes sense. That I tried really hard to forgive that. But it was just so bad and not interesting. And oh, I just. Blah. And Theo, I do not recommend you read the second one. So don't blame me for that one. We will not. Punchline number one. What did I say? Oh, neutral, probably for the same reasons as Nightwing, I guess. I don't understand why we're getting a punchline book. And For the same reason we got Angel Breaker. Angel Breaker was interesting. We're, we're going to get there. Don't, don't I, jump I, ahead. No, but... The to me there just doesn't seem to be unless this is also Barbara's book. I don't Which would be bizarre. Which would be bizarre, but it would explain it because I would think yes, for both of true. them that would be their nightmare. For one, it's very interesting to see that Alexis' nightmare is in fact being chased by the undead. I thought that was actually kind of interesting. I, I would expect her nightmare to be along the same line as Joker's. Um and Poison Ivy's. But um but if this is, in fact, Barbara's book, having her fail at staying alive <laughs> and then become a villain of sorts would be very interesting. But anyway, neutral for now. Abstain. Yeah, you didn't. It was a good idea. <laughs> it, it is a... It's a thumbs down for me because it feels really rehashed. It's not as aggressively bad as Catwoman, but it... It feels really stale and done and nothing really new. Um, I, I did think the art was nice, so it's not like everything was terrible, but it, it, it just feels completely unnecessary. And since we didn't have a punchline book before, and this definitely doesn't connect to the last time we saw punchline with the, the Gotham game stuff, it, it just doesn't feel well thought through at all. And our last Night Terrors Greater Gotham, before we get to our regular Batman books, is Angel Breaker, which we sort of uh, talked about, but I hopefully 
forestall the discussion <laughs> so we can have it fresh now. I'm for me, thumbs up. I mean, I was not expecting she she's actually on the trail of trying to help figure this thing out. I liked the random cobra child acolytes. That was kind of interesting. I like I like that the, the, this book is sort of semi-conscientious of what's going on in the storyline and is trying to make an ef- is trying to affect the main story, which I thought was a, and it was engaging. And I liked well, well, who's the guy that she's with? Raptor. Raptor. I liked Raptor and Angel Breaker's rapport. <laughs> I don't know. I liked it. it was, I I was more engaged with this one than I was Catwoman and Punchline and Nightwing. It is. It is a neutral for me. I thought the story was fine, but on a like what Steph mentioned earlier, I kind of thought this art was a little too cartoony. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Acubyte does have a very cartoony style. This is a thumbs up for me. I was excited about this because everyone knows that uh, Angel Rigger is my favorite shirtless wonder. And this actually doesn't like go too deep into that. Like it's not super over sexy, but I like the world building. I liked the fact that it does seem to be a lot more conscious of being part of night terrors rather than just being like, what if they had a generic nightmare? <laughs> Um, and it also does a lot better job of actually developing Angel Breaker as a character. I mean, the connection to Night uh, to the Nightwing run with um, Raptor helps a lot because, of course, Tim Seeley created Raptor as part of that Nightwing run. Um, but I th- I think this is really good. I'm excited to find how this uh, ends up. That brings us to an end of our Night Terrors for part two. How do you think Night Terrors ended up the month? These were a lot weaker. These definitely were not, as a whole, were not as good. Um, I think Tech was very interesting. Angel Boyker definitely tied into the main book, which at least the main book was very good. Um, but yeah, all of the supplementary books were either, yeah, for me, either neutrals or thumbs downs because they just weren't as high quality. I'm very glad we started on a very high note because it it got me through this week. Wait, which book is this again? All of them. We're just doing uh, a wrap-up of Night Terrors Part 2. Um, kind of iffy. If, if I had to do a thumbs up, thumbs down, it probably would be a thumbs down prob- only because of Catwoman. That was <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I think I would say this is definitely weaker, uh, but that's probably because the first week was so the first two weeks were so strong. Like there was just so many books that were really fun to read. And this one, there was just like two, which was the main book, which was I mean, that's important that the main book is still fun to read. But also Angel Breaker is the only other book that I thought was really worth the time I spent on it. So that's that's a bummer. I'm sure that editorial thinks all the books are interesting. So like, I don't know. I don't expect them to put out books. They think are boring, but it feels like they did anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a neutral for me overall on the the second half of the first month of night terrors. Let's hope that the first half of next month is a return to form. And also that they can pick up the pace for the last half of the event. 
I mean, the last quarter of the event. Let's move on to our regular Greater Gotham books, starting with Batman Beyond Neo-Gothic number one. So this is the sequel to Neo-Year One. Same creative, same writers, I think, a new artist. I missed this one. I did not find this one. Oh, man. I think you're actually going to like it. Yeah, I hope so. I like the first one. I think I bought the first one. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Um, so I read this, and I was I enjoyed it. Uh, definitely followed up um, from the last, uh, you know, miniseries. Like, tons of stuff uh, continues, including relationships and sort of where Gotham is several months after the events of uh, Neo Year. Um, like Neo Year, it does kind of is is more setup-y, so it's a little hard to figure out where it's all going overall. And I can't tell if this is supposed to be a miniseries or if it's an ongoing. Um, but I'm definitely on board for a bit more. Batman, The Brave and the Bold, number three. I ran out of time and sacrificially sacrificed this book on the altar of time. I did not read it. <laughs> I don't feel like I missed out. <laughs> it's a neutral for me. I think this book has the potential of being way better than Urban Legends if they could avoid some of the I'll just use the word filler or garbage, however you want to call it. Because, I mean, that Superman, that Superman story is just... Myth. Well, and speaking of which, is the Tom King story taking a break? Yes, it is, and okay. I don't know why. Yep. Because I did start to read it, and I was like... I Where's the this. Tom King Joker Where's, story? Is this the Tom King story? No, it's not. That's weird. Thumbs down. This is trash. This is pointless. <laughs> and I hate the fact that DC is doing Urban Legends Part 2. And this is even worse. So stop it, DC. Stop doing this. Give me Batman Chronicles back with three 10 to 15 page stories. Stop giving me $8 books with two 20 page stories and two 10 page stories because the 20 page stories are way too long and the 10 page stories are pointless. This is trash. I hate it. Batman White Knight Presents Generation Joker number three. And holy cow, that's a long title. Can they cut it down a little bit? Uh, thumbs up. I enjoyed this one. It was cute. Uh, it's interesting seeing the kids kind of change and flip, flip who they are becoming a little bit. Um, but no, I enjoyed this. It's a, it's a fun little caper and... Everyone's chasing each other, and the kids are staying at everyone's reach. It's very, I don't know, not Disney movie, but it's something, and its I'm enjoying it. It's cute. It's seeing, it's, it's, I'm really enjoying this one. The art was meh, but it was good. Thumbs up. I really enjoyed the interaction between Holly and, I guess her new name is Riot. Because <laughs> uh, don't call her Neo. I thought that interaction. I thought that interaction was really good uh, with the former Harley Quinns. Um, I don't know. I don't know my opinion about Jackie and Bryce. I don't, I don't know. I still think in the end, Jack comes back, but comes back as a Joker. Which, man, I guess 
bring bring things full circle. But um, yeah, still a thumbs up. Still good story. I feel like that would be so sad. I feel like that would destroy. I don't know the point of the entire universe. That, that would make me very sad. Well, at least I think now that dead. he has something to live for after he's dead, <laughs> that would make me sad. And I sadly could not read this. <laughs> I uh, was not able to get uh, this from the copies we have. So I am looking forward to reading it, but I don't have an opinion yet. That brings us to the end of Greater Gotham. We have a few pieces of feedback from the Discord. Heath Fodor says, I've really enjoyed the podcast the last few months. At my overnight job, I can listen to music, podcasts, etc. I really like your balanced reviews of everything Batman related. You read detective comics, so I don't have to lol. <laughs> Meow. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying it, even though I'm also frustrated. But my co-hosts could probably do with a break. Unfortunately, since Ramvi is now exclusive to DC, we're probably not getting one for a year. Cry. Sob. Halo Tigran says, Ian, there was a moment when you were impersonating Dead Man that sounded like Ray Romano. Please lean into that. I want that to be Boston Brand's voice in my headcanon. Unfortunately, I didn't prep the Night Terrors recap well enough, but I will try to do that for our next episode. A lot of good conversation in general. Oh yeah, those are the two comments we got on the Discord. We are more than happy to read more comments if people have them. Uh, and we're really glad that we allow you to keep up on the titles if you're too busy or don't have the funds or if you're just working overnights and that kind of stuff. So thank you for writing in, guys. Lastly, I want to thank our patrons. Um, you donate at a certain level per month. You get a thanks on all our podcasts. And so here we go. Thank you to Lisa Slack, Donovan Morgan Grant, Johnny McCloskey, Ian Miller, Stanton's Grave, Cesar Diaz, Gerald Green, Ed Grouse, Jessica Morales, Joshua Laffin Bertoni, Captain America, David Richards, Rob O, Caspian73. Donald Townsend, and Stephanie Mounts. You help us keep the podcast archive up so you guys can go back and listen to stuff that you may have missed or keep up with the podcast in general. We really appreciate it. Makes us feel like we're not podcasting into the void. Void, void, void. Sorry. <laughs> and with that, we are at the end of our Batman Universe comic podcast Season 15, episode 14, recording. This is Ian. This is Steph. <laughs> and this is Theo. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next time with more Night Terror. Night Terror.